This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, dreamers, and welcome to the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. I'm a positive mindset coach and a social media freelancer. And on this very podcast, whether it's a discussion about an everyday topic or struggle, or whether we're hearing the story of an inspirational guest, we aim to inspire you to make a positive change in your life so that you can start becoming the best version of you. On this week's episode, I am joined by Dumi Obaruta, who is the founder of Disturbing London. And he's got an amazing story because he discovered and started working with Tiny Temper when he was just a teenager. And together they've built up their empire, Disturbing London. And he's gone on to work with the likes of Jesse J, Wizkid, Young Bane, as well as branching out into fashion and events and all sorts of things. But the thing that really struck me most during this conversation with Dumi was this kind of calm and attentive energy and he really came across very humble and grounded and as a genuine interest in people like the second he walked in the room he was asking questions about you know what we do me and Anton and just asking questions about us and it's very rare that someone steps straight into a room and pays such attention to the people in it. So in this conversation we spoke about how he identifies an artist's talent, why he always looks to appreciate the moment and how and why he learns from setbacks. So before we jump in, I just want to thank you for listening to this right now. Make sure you do hit that subscribe button and also make sure you take a screenshot of you listening to this and post it to your Instagram story, tagging me and Dumi so we can both connect to you there and then and have a conversation in the DMs. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear Dumi's story. So, so to kick things off, can you let the people know who are listening a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, I'm a... 36 year old black man from South East London. <laughs> no, well, no, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, well, my name's Dumi Barota. I started a company called Disturbing London, which is behind the success of Tiny Temper, Wizkid, you know, we work with Jesse J. I've just tried to, I've had a passion for music, which has turned into a career, and I've just always loved music and I'm happy to be doing music mm. and I'm I'm happy that I've been able to have some impact and it's just it's been a roller coaster but it's just just scratch the surface yeah but yeah so those are the things we've been doing I'm just a lover of culture really to be quite honest with you I'm a fan yeah fundamentally and where you said you, you've always like had a passion for music yeah like where did that passion come from originally well the passion for me, I think just growing up, like from church, I used to sing in church, but I was, I didn't grow up in like, I'm not even talking about like Pentecost, like a Pentecostal church or like gospel church. I'm talking about Roman Catholic church. Yeah, yeah. Hymns, choir, like, you know what I mean? You could say that and then growing up around just African music and just um, R&B, Michael Jackson, you know, swing. Like at the time it was like ragga jungle to house mm. just the whole evolution of just street music and just music and even top of the pops the now compilations everything just i like music i like songs i've just so i would say like my first kind of like me singing songs or having a connection to songs it was like church songs mm. like me singing in choirs so where i started singing and then from there, when my sisters were listening to, you know, like all the like swing songs, you know, like High Five and like Odyssey, all of that stuff, you know, I was mucking around with that. Then it came from 
going in secondary school because I was really into you could say I was into like R&B and like more pop you could say well growing up in primary school when mm. I got to secondary school with the lads like I was into definitely like Tupac and Snoop yeah because that was the big Snoop Tupac Biggie do you get what I mean I'm probably yeah, or like Onyx them times because yeah. they kind of crossed over. Because they would have into, almost been pop back then. Exactly. Kind of thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, House of Pain, yeah, yeah. I know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Villain of Ice, that rap. Yeah. But you know, when I got to secondary school, I got the mob deep. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It got deep. But then obviously then, but that stuff wasn't even really interesting to me anyway because I didn't understand their slang because I'm very mum from South London. So I would say MCing or rap came through jungle yeah. MCs and the art of lyrics. Yeah. So that was my love to that got me into like real street culture. I would say jungle. Yeah. And I, re I remember the moment when I like first heard or identified like street culture or underground culture. That's it. It's really when I really felt underground culture is when like I went into my cousin. But you could say I I, I knew what underground culture was because I would go to like all dayers with my sisters or just with family, friends, and I'll be hearing like sound systems. I was going to carnival, but I didn't really identify yeah. that sound system as like underground culture. Do yeah, you get yeah. what I mean? Like reggae or like ragga or shabba. Or like, I didn't, or top cat them times. I didn't identify them as like, that wasn't really underground, but I remember that was the first time where I felt an interest. I went into my cousin's room and he was DJing Jungle. Oh my goodness, it was madness. He's from my cousin IK, lived in North. I remember I went into his room, I was like, What is this? Yeah, and he told me, and then that's when I think it just all went into his room. He had all the flyers on the wall, like he had, like obviously, he had his vinyl. That's like kind of what got, I think. I just got the bug from there and it was just mm. like you're in, you know you're showing your friends listening to radio you know just interested just I was just interested because I would hear it vicariously through my older cousins about the raves and you're just hearing the tapes yeah all of that I remember that I never remember seeing like UK Apache at Carnival Carnival because my mum and dad we used to have like food stores in Carnival yeah. and I remember walking around and I saw UK Apache doing uh, you know, original nutter. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that was that, that tune back then as well. Yeah. Like, so you know, like. He still is, but. But I can't even remember seeing him. I just remember hearing him and looking at the stage. But I can't remember if I saw him. Probably I was probably short, so I probably <laughs> couldn't see past. The, but I could see the float. But I could hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes things like that. That's like that's some like that's really like. It's a change in those are pivotal mm. like moments, you know what I mean? Like you just feel like that's like I'm not saying like you it's your calling, but you just know that's your interest. Yeah. That's your hobby. Yeah. That's what you're into. And it, bec it becomes more of like an experience, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not just a, a passion. No. It's like you're experiencing that moment yeah. and you kind of really are living it. And you're a bit like, wow, wow. what is this? What is this? How can it, I have more of this? Yeah. yeah. Who is behind this? Who does it? What's around it? And so music and growing up, it's just been part mm. of the life. Did you ever play music when you were younger? I was. All, I always used to sing. I t attempted playing drums. Mm -hmm. I done drum lessons. I think probably drums was probably the only thing I did do because I remember doing drums. But I was always singing. So I remember doing like in school. You know, you do choir or you just do like the. I done a musical. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was more into that. And then. 
in my lat in my later years, I did. I started like when I was like twenty nineteen. I started to play guitar. I taught myself how to play guitar a little bit, but because mm. I had a bit of time, so I just taught myself. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah. See, I I did similar. I was I always interested in music mm. and tried very. I actually didn't try that many, but I tried to learn guitar mm. in primary school. We we had to learn like the recorder, or, you know, one of those like like silly instruments it's just easy to learn but I tried to learn guitar when I was in secondary school and I paid and my mum paid for like however many lessons for like the first term of year seven and I went to two lessons <laughs> because I felt like I was missing out on break time because I had to go during break it was like a additional thing rather than it being like a music class you have to go during lunch break or something mm. so I felt like I was missing out so I stopped going mm. and I'm just like a big part of me is always like oh, I want to just try and learn yeah. guitar again but then I'm like, ah, oh, maybe. Do you remember when your fingers used to hurt? Yeah. When, wow. Because after that, I started trying to teach myself. Like yeah. a few years later, I bought a guitar. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like you, the pain is real. The pain is real, but you have to just go, go through, through it. it. Yeah. But no one tells you about that pain. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. they just tell you pick up the yeah, guitar. Yeah, that's yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so for you, it was like music always something that you aspired to get into for work. Because back then, would you have even been that aware? I no, guess, of I was trying to be a, a, a. I wanted to be Johnny Gill. I wanted to be the boys of men. Okay, yeah. I wanted to be so solid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you get older, you realize actually, you know, you start getting into other things. You want to make money. You don't. You're not really interested in being in a boy. Being in a boy band is not cool. Mm. So then you're still into music, you're going parties. So yeah. I was singing for a while and trying to do music. And then from then it just got into, okay, my friends used to produce and go, we used to just go studio for fun. These was when people, everyone was making like white label. So yeah. everyone was trying to make the next track. You know, I wanted to be pay as you go or I thought we were going to do something like that. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe I'll do the chorus, you know, go through that. But whilst you're doing that, you're going to the parties, trying to make money, trying to do, like you're, you may think you're going to make make it. But then after a while, I just was just like, uh, like probably when I was about 20, I was just like, Muse, that whole music thing, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. I just, I need to just be successful and just, I started to look at other things. I think commerce or business become became interesting it's always become like but really interesting like when i was 17 18 17 i got a job in gap so i always knew i needed to mm. get a job to make money because i wanted to go out to the parties and buy trainers and go to the club well, i knew that so i'd never wanted to be broke yeah but then i wanted to i probably still thought i wanted to be an artist at that time you know what i mean but then i remember going to college and then yeah, you start. Yeah, it's probably second year college now. How old are you then? You're like, I think I done three years You'd in be college. Like 18, 19? Yeah, I done three years in college. I didn't do two. Yeah. So yeah, when I was like nineteen, you know, when you're like eight, nineteen, I started like, I sort of see my like my friend's sister's like, friend owned a phone shop, and when I saw these two yeah. guys, they had a phone shop. They were young, like two black guys suits. And these was when like one to one was pop popping, you know, yeah, like yeah. when everyone had a one to one, <laughs> they were making so much money. They looked so slick. They had their suits. They were giving everyone phones. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be those guys. Just from there, I think I just started thinking about just the business, business, really. Yeah. And did you have a sense of like what type of business, or was it like any business? It was just buy and sell. 
mm. phones, cars, anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just and then you know, as a young boy, you know, you just were just doing anything. Yeah. Trying to do anything. Except for like a really bad thing, but you know, you try. Yeah. And then but whilst I was doing that I'm going to like college, studying, still trying to like make your parents happy. Yeah. Do the right thing, you know. As these times I was doing, um, I wanted to be a physiotherapist. Okay. So I yeah. said to myself, okay, cool. You know, on an education level, the thing that I want, like, I like sports, I like football. I used to like play sports, do rugby and all of that. And I done like A level PE and things like that. So I was like, okay, cool. I want to be a physiotherapist because maybe I can, like, you know, can work for a football club or yeah. something like that. And so I'd done um, A level PE and um, sports and recreation and MVQ and that done that then I ended up going to uni and I've done sports science but then so I was doing that but then plus you're doing that you're trying to make money yeah you know uni did you go to uni I didn't know no I've this is interesting actually because I've kind of decided I didn't want to go to uni so do you remember the time when did you decide not to go into when I was doing my A-levels so So obviously you get yeah you get to a point don't you where I think you're doing your AS. Your AS levels, which is the first year of, of college or A levels. Yeah. Um, and you have to decide, you know, what you want to take on for the yeah. second year so that you can then decide yeah. uni. the step to uni. Yeah. And at that point, I thought to myself, I didn't know what I wanted to study. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. I didn't know anything, really. I was a bit lost. And I decided I'm not going to go to uni because I didn't want to go to uni and study geography, for example, mm. and then come out with a geography degree and then not do any work in geography mm. or in that field so I decided that I wouldn't go to uni and I'd try and get work in some kind of creative industry I was kind of always into like advertising and marketing because I knew a few people that did it and it seemed like quite an interesting see, creative kind of realm and then see, I did in turn end up going through that path to get to where you know where I'm see, like obviously this is like dreamers it's like it's so crazy like obviously my parents are two working real hard working immigrants from Nigeria and so we've lived a fairly like working class but never wanted for anything but you know they were trying to just consolidate their position you know they've only just consolidated their position not yeah. only just but my dad like probably like about 25 years ago he's yeah, yeah landed on his feet but you know like properly but um so when we're younger you know what I mean I didn't even know my school I went to like some of my my, my um my um, friends' parents were actors and, like, people were... I didn't know other people. Someone was a manager for E17. Mm. But, like, I didn't even think the traditional jobs were just, like, so even if you had any, you could be over going to be a football... The only creative thing you could... You could either be a football player. That's what you could see yeah. that you could be. Uh, uh, an artist or, like, a hustler if you was intelligent, that understands how to invest in, like, yeah. business after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, that's, no, and that's, like, the real. Or a doctor, you know, your, your parent, and if you're not that highly acad- academic, yeah. you can't be a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant, because I'm Nigerian. But that's just because I would probably say, because I'm, like, as a Nigerian, but, like, some of my family friends were in those professions, but some of my other friends they don't so there's not even any so the only option is after if you don't go to uni because uni pays you to a certain degree it keeps that you can go and get your student loan yeah and you can maintain 
a little bit of work before going into the wild world or yep. you either do illegal activities or you get a bum-ass job, but you don't even know that there's a, an advertising field. Yeah. No, but do you, yeah, true, no, but you know, this is just like, that's what you get information. Like, I didn't even know. Like, sometimes when I meet my marketing friends now and advertise, I'm like, wow, like, if I knew that this job was a very... Oh, do you know how many kids in the hood yeah. would be like mad advertisers? Like, mm. but they don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So what, what do you think can be done then about that in terms of like educating kids, you know, I just think like, age? obviously there's a lot of closed, closed industries or industries that even the music industry is a closed industry. Obviously you, you, you have to um, make a lot of noise before you get into the industry before, mm. you know, traditionally, you know, now there's more disruptive technologies. Like obviously with all the, dis the DSPs and all of that, it's making it a bit more, it's a bit more of a... What's the DSP? You know, sorry, digital platforms, yeah. you know, like all like... But Apple, obviously yeah. Spotify. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that people can just access. Or even to disrupt, like, you know, the distribution companies, like all the other, you know, like di um, Ditto, all the people that, you know, they can just upload things now. So you don't really need the service or it can be seen as you don't need the service or yeah. a, a, the record label to get into the industry you can be outside but still reaping the benefits of the music industry but before it's a closed business but you don't even know but that's only if you want to be an artist mm. but you still don't know that there's product managing jobs there's marketing people there's managers or there's execs there's finance and entertainment there's advertising you know what i mean yeah so there's where there's and i, I just feel um i think it's a responsibility of the companies mm. to go and so I sought after and looked for like um, more equal talent from different yeah. like pools and different places and different demographics. Mm. But I think it's changing slowly, but it's definitely something that people need to do more aggressively because, mm. um, you know, information just stays within a certain level of people, you know? Yeah. And that's like, but I feel even as if you are developing a company now or a new age company, I think it would be foolish of you to neglect that voice, you know, mm. or those people because that's a voice that needs to be heard, you know what yeah. I mean? You're just isolating yourself. So that's why the disruptive technologies that they do seek or have trust in will become the major players, you know? Yeah, and I find that it, when I've like gone to schools and colleges and yeah. spoken to kids and stuff or even just like family friends and stuff that I know, like a lot of the kids don't actually realise how talented they are when it comes to technology because pretty much everyone's got a smartphone, yep. you know, an Apple or Samsung or whatever. They're taking good quality pictures. Exactly. They're learning how to edit them or they're filming videos, learning how to edit videos. And they're doing all of these really like productive things that they don't realise are skills that are wanted in those kind of industries, yep. be it music, be it TV, be it whatever. Mm. And they can easily be applied, even though it's like it might just seem like something fun you're doing on your phone. That can easily be scaled up and applied in a business, big time. And those talents are, like you said, highly sought after. Of course, but they're just not open. Like you said, the, the, some of the industries are quite closed. They're not open to yeah. to that. And it's about finding a way to make that step. And it's like for you, like where where did the music kind of come into it? Because I know. Obviously, you've been working with Tiny Temper since he was quite young. Mm. Um, so what, how did you make that kind of transition from all of this stuff, like wanting to be a physio? And, yeah, because know? everything is just, you're just trying to get out. Mm. You're just trying to, 
make your you're trying to spread bet mm. you're trying to do everything to just change your environment mm. to elevate or to have a little bit of social mobility so if you are smart you spread bet you know what i mean and i would definitely say at a young age of just known that i wanted to better my situation and i've not even come from a bad situation mm. that's the, you know what i mean like real, real on a real real but people have come through much worse i went on holidays you know what i mean mm. like my parents gave me pocket money you know but i was still around that i was still in there yeah yeah it was just really trying to educate myself trying to make some money trying to invest that money to do something in something that i enjoyed so I was always just looking at people that were successful. And all the people that I saw were successful were people that were just taking their opportunity and just taking responsibility of where they wanted to be in life and just not relying on anyone or just saying, oh, because I'm in this situation, I can't be. I, I definitely feel there was never a point in my life or the people that I kind of looked at or the people that were just around me or the people that I really admired I never ever saw that they were, they didn't react to the, the, the cards that they were dealt, you know? Mm. So that kind of just made me kind of like want to be like them. And I'm like, well, if they can do it, so can I. Yeah. Or, and that gives you confidence. I definitely say like, that's what I've really found in life. It's just a bit, I've been, I'm fortunate and I'm blessed and I'm happy that I was, lucky enough to have that inner belief and confidence but that's definitely probably come from my parents and the security mm. that my parents probably gave me in my childhood you know what I mean so because I remember you know growing up like at one stage my parents had a shop they had house and then they had houses we lost them I moved it back into a council estate yeah so from when I was like from 11 to 23, I lived on a cancer estate, but I'd seen both sides. Mm. So yeah, for my household in my house, it was a mum and dad. Dad was working, mum was working. We were in a cancer estate, but people around me, they weren't living like that. Mm. So, and people that were coming into my house weren't living like that, or my next door neighbor wasn't living like that. So, you know what I mean? So I've always, but then I went to a school and my friends were living in houses and stuff like that. And mm. I knew I lived in a house like that before. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So. I, I, I think I've just always been, maybe it gave me a, a deep level of humidity. Like, I think that's what my dad and my parents have just given me, like a level of humidity and then just being humble and just just having empathy for people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I just, I think a love of people, I think that's what kind of, so you're just a human to mm. me, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I just think it's always just been like, yeah, you may have this, but fundamentally, you're human, so I judge you for who you are. Yeah. And you may be in this situation, but I judge you for your like your vibe. So I think my parents taught me just how to respect people for their spirit. Yeah. And, and who they are. How do you think that like, those things have kind of fundamentally helped you through your kind of career then? Yeah, I think that's kind of helped me through my career because I think I've... That's helped me judge character. It's helped me like trust, and sometimes know the worst, know your worst, but understand your worst and know how to just deal with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because not everyone's perfect, yeah. and not everyone's gonna be my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Or I may not be your cup of tea. You know what I mean? So it's just literally 
I'm just, and I could admire that in someone like, be like, you know what? It's actually not that bad. But sometimes in life, not seeing any wrong in anyone is sometimes not good too. You know what I mean? You learn that, but I feel just definitely my general outlook in life. I think it's helped me. I just feel, I just can navigate. I, I like to, I like people. Mm. I'm not like, yeah, it's just like everyone's, everyone bleeds, everyone cries. Everybody takes his shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're all the same, but fundamentally, we've all got like core beliefs or F ethoses or things that we can teach each other. You know what I mean? So no matter where you're from in life or what cards you've been dealt, you can teach me something and I can teach you something. You know what I mean? So, and my dad always said to me, like when we were younger, it's just always like, you never know what tomorrow holds for next man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't, just don't, underestimate sometimes but you know or underestimate or treat somebody in a way that you don't want them to treat you but we're all guilty of that you know what I mean for the, I've probably done that now you know sometimes in passing busy you know I may do something but fundamentally and generally like I like to just live in that kind of existence and I'm just trying to kind of like develop that you know what I mean I, I want to get better at that mm. I mean like I'd like to get to a point where I'm just, I have time to refine that kind of yeah. existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And would you say like, because I, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of like all of those, I don't know what you'd call them, characteristics yeah. in, in a person. There's yeah. like, you know, you, you get drawn to those people. You mm. get, if you're like that yourself and you see it within someone and you see someone's empathetic or humble or, you know, they're kind of honest within themselves you get drawn to that. Is that a kind of quality that you look for when you're kind of working with artists as well? Yeah, like, um, I'm a, like, and when I look at, like, when I see an artist, it depends, like, now, in the capacity of when I used to, you know, I'm looking at artists and I want to manage an artist mm. because that's primarily how I've started, you know. I'm a fan from the start. Yeah. Like, I have to be, like, a fan. It's like, like, you have to be exciting, you know. Sometimes you can hear a song, you could look at somebody, you just know they're a star, you know, there's mm -hmm. a feeling. You're just like, you're a character. Like, you're just, you've got something, you know. You stand out amongst a bunch. And you don't have to be the loudest. You don't have to be the tallest, or the, you know, or the smallest. You just, some people have just got it. So that's one thing. And then obviously, the talent. Because obviously the music, some like music, a sound or a direction or being a star. Majority of the people that come up, you know, like the the trailblazers or the anomalies yeah. that come up, you know, the stars or the unicorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they've got a song that stands out, they're usually a character. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Majority of the time, you know what I mean. Or maybe they don't know who the, the character that they are yet, but there's someone there. Yeah. And it's just like trying to bring that out but that's just, it always starts with a song or or a vibe mm. but this, a song is a vibe but a meeting is a vibe too so it's all, yeah. I think it's just it's always a vibe yeah and then from there definitely like just like the type of person I am and just I always say that like as I said, I don't always like to be like, say, I'm from the streets, but, you know, like, 
growing up, you're streetwise. Mm. So you've got a street ethos, you know what I mean? Like, your friends are my friends. If you're my friend, I'm your friend, you know what I mean? And, like, we're family, you know what I mean? You're my bro mm -hmm. or you're my sis, you know what I mean? Like, I got you. Mm. So it starts the fundamentals of all of that, you know? So if I'm going to do, if I'm, if I, if I'm going to manage you, it's such a, like, intimate, it's a valuable job too because at the end of the day, you're dealing with someone's life and it's precious to them. It's like mm. a gem. So you have to understand what you're taking care of and they have to understand, obviously, what you're going to give to yeah. them because you're going to give them your time. So it's a, it's a relationship. So fundamentally, everything that I do or everything that I've built around me has started through relationships because I think it's so... That's how I built it before because it was so precious and intimate that it had you had to value and know the people that you're working with have got the same kind of principles of yeah. you or stand for the same things as what you stand for, you know? So Yeah. And how, how did you then identify those things with Tiny when you met him? Because you met Yeah, that starts party, yeah, that right? just starts like, you know, cousins and all of that, you know, Nigerian yeah. cousins <laughs> from the same village. And that for fundamentally, you know, just if someone's from your same area or they come from the same or your parents know each other or they're your parents like cousin, they're just family like straight away. So you've got a common yeah. interest. We're from the same place in Nigeria. Our parents know each other. Call his mum, auntie and uncle. You know what I mean? We like literally me and T, our families, like they're from the same village and they think that they're all from the same. Yeah. That we're really from the same, the, 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 like the same place, you know yeah. what I mean? So, what's that same bloodline kind of thing? That's what they would yeah. fundamentally say, you know what I mean? Um, but um, so, you know, it's like, that's like a family straight away. Yeah. Um, but then obviously we had a common love of music. Like I was on a journey in my life where I was looking, I was obsessed with music, and I was looking to start managing, and. Like coincidentally, his mum was in my house and told me that her son, my brother, as she said at the time, you know, my little cousin, is a rapper or mm. one is an up, upcoming rapper, you know. And so it's coincidence; the stars were just aligned, they're just timing too, you yeah. know. As they say, you, like you need a bit of luck in this game, you know. If your heart you're putting out, maybe we 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 were projecting the same message or we're putting out this, the, the the same energy at the same time and it just aligned it, we met mm. you know and then obviously but then that's why it's a bit straight it's crazy too because we met and then I was like okay cool that's cool you know because I'm just I still think like I'm like cool like, okay little man MC yeah. you know what I mean okay Grime stuff, you know. Yeah. But um, then I was sitting at home in my in my house, and I I saw his video. Like he was on a a, um, a new brand flex. Oh yeah, yeah. Tune. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's Auntie Rosemary's son. <laughs> and he was actually good. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so it's crazy. And then I couldn't find him, and then we just bumped into each other randomly when I was looking for him, like. I was looking for him for about two weeks and he literally just bumped into me. So it's just crazy. The stars, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
that's just life. It's like, if it's not meant to be, it's, it, it's, it's not to be, but like when it's meant to be, it yeah. happens. And how did you, like then, once you found him after mm. your two-week search, how did you then like, I guess, A, nurture his talent, but then begin that journey together in terms of like, his music, Disturbing London, oh, you know, like, however many, was it like nine number one singles? Yeah, do you know what? It's just so crazy. You know, that's what I'm saying. It was meant to be. I was working in a youth club at this time. Mm. So I was working in ones of Cancel. I was hustling these times at 22 and I'd, me and my boy had bought a house. So I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want to work, I'm working like, so I used to do like, I mean, two days a week in the youth club for like years I was working there for like yeah. three, four years. And the kids used to, like, every Friday used to set up the decks. And then, and then the kids used to MC and I started seeing all the kids yeah. MC into grime. Yeah, yeah. And these times I'm like 23, so I'm in like funky house and going out <laughs> raving. I don't know what's happening. I'm hearing grime, but I'm not seeing a real movement. And when I was seeing the kids, I was like, whoa, this is, like, they're really on it. They're all united, you know what I mean? So these times I started researching it a bit more. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like moving, I was going out every Friday, like going out to the parties and mm. stuff. But I always, I, need, I needed a job. I had dropped out of uni now and I needed a job. And I, I, knew, I wanted to work, because I used to do youth work when I was like 14 two summers because I liked doing it and I remember that was a job that I really liked Yeah. so I was like if I do this part time I would always go back to it and plus working for the council that's a good job as working yeah. for Wandsworth Council you know yeah. like yeah, yeah. so but in doing that so then by then you know had gone through wanting to be an MC and then I'm thinking about I'm seeing so solid and then I want to get into management because I wanted to get into the background of management and then I was watching the little kids mm. and then I saw T so it just all you know what I mean I don't you know like sometimes when you explain stories it just all fell together fell yeah. together and then so when we met I was like okay cool because I had already tried to manage somebody and I'd already given them got some contracts done up mm. I was reading all the books so by the time I had found him, I was like, I want to manage you. And then I, I was like, I was obviously, we had already gone like, I'd been in studio loads. So I knew, okay, cool. Let me, he sent me some music and I heard some of his music. And these times I was like going to, you know, like, you know, these times when you're like 22, you're going to up west five days a week. <laughs> you're in like China Whites. Yeah, yeah. You're like, go, like, Golden Square, Mamboo, I forgot all the names, Tantra, I don't even know Cirque, I'm just out, so I'm really in like London, young lifestyle, you know what I mean? And he's like 16 in college, so I knew what was happening yeah, around yeah. me, so I was just, so when we met, it was just almost like, I was just his older brother, so I was just literally just bringing him through and just letting him see a lot of stuff, but he was really good as a good writer and a good looking boy, like, you know what I mean? But he's a sponge. So, yeah. you know, at that age, I just knew at 16, if you're around, I always wanted like an older brother too. I had a younger brother already, but 
So I just knew him just being around me and my friends, seeing us, these times we're going to like Ayanapa, yeah. like for two weeks, Malia, every summer. You know, it's the same with going to all the raves. So he's going to see it. So he was just around it. Mm. So he was just making music. So I was just like, he needed to just, once he's around everyone, he'd become cool because he would know what, because he was already doing it anyway, but in his like, you know, like on the grime level, you know, yeah. just. In his like circle kind of thing. Yeah. But then to make it more what we would listen to, you know, at these times where the young, like in kind of more the influential, so just needed to elevate it a bit. But once he come through, he started, then we started doing like videos, mm. better videos. This is when like hood economics come and like tears and like, you know, all of the, like, we, I just really wanted to make a big impact. Yeah. I wanted his videos to look like he was signed, but he wasn't. You know, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. 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 yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I just wanted it to look glossy, and it, it was just them times. It was just about being on Channel U. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, or yeah, it was called Channel U then. So yeah, from there you just make the records, go through the mistakes. You make the records, get the distributor, distribute the records. You know, going to, um, going to bloody all the um, independent record stores when there was loads them yeah. days, you know, he had an ind independent record book and I knew all the independent record stores around the UK and we'd target certain ones mm. and give them like our CDs because I pressed up. I remember, man, we pressed up like 10,000 or something like that. Because wow. I thought it was like 1% of his, um, you know, he had a million followers. Yeah, yeah. On, on MySpace. On my space, yeah. So do you get me? So I thought, yeah, cool. He must be able to just like one percent, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the true. maths kind of worked, dude. <laughs> but them times that it didn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so um, what happened now? So we just used to go to each like SOS sales or sell or return. Remember, giving them your CD, then you call them up. Have you sold some? You know, putting out the videos, see, and then you just go in, just got a love for it, and then. But this book built the studio, and then just, just on a quest, I just thought he's a talent, and he he was good enough. He had the potential to be a massive star. Yeah. And the rest is history. Like mm. he he did it. You mm. know what I mean? He definitely like T is a sponge. T's like the greatest student, <clears throat> I would say. He's like a perfect like. But he's look. He teaches everyone now. But you know what I mean. But yeah. at the time, to really absorb and want to learn and just understand and just he's like we've got a very close relationship, and like we've gone through so much. You know yeah. what I mean. But he's always his 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 first to learn yeah. and to be better. He's a top athlete. That's what I could just say. It's like he's like LeBron. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, like that level, like LeBron, I say that the same level of work ethic is like LeBron has the same as like Ed Sheeran or Drake or, you know, like Adele's or the Beyonce, like Lewis Hammond, you know, like T on level. Yeah. He's got that determination and that will to win, mm. you know? But yeah, so I just feel like us, we just was in the right place at the right time and we met each other at the right time. Yeah. And we just iron sharp and dying, really. Yeah. And what was the first moment that you had where you thought, okay, we're like, we're re like really onto something here. Like this is, this could really be a, 
a thing for like years, not just a moment. I always, because T was so young, I was always planning for the years. Like mm. even you can even just say like, our deal. Yeah. Like, that's not an average deal that you do if you think that you're going to just do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, once you get the check, then, isn't it? You know, we I, I licensed the record. I gave T a share of the company because mm. it wasn't only about me. I knew that I thought that he would be, he, there was a chance of him being so influential in the elevation of the company that I knew, mm. regardless of where he was going to be, he needed to be part of the part company because mm. he was, because I saw it as a big, a long term. And I knew he was going to be, I never ever, I've never, I was so committed at that time that it was almost like there was no other option. So I wasn't, I wasn't planning for now because there was no way I was going back. Mm. So this was life. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't, what am I going to do? Say I failed. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And is there one like particular Moment, moment, or thought, or sorry. or record. Yeah, that so you I'll thought. tell you, because there's many like the moment that you know, like we had a little thing where when we put out written in the stars, I mean not written in the stars, hood economics. It got written. There was a view in the New York Times. Yeah, wow. In like yeah. hood economics, and we're like, whoa, like someone wrote about, it. and then then I felt obviously you know, T being experimental and like pushing in sound, you could see that there was a growth, there was a gap in the market for that. So that was interesting. And then through that, the Playboy wrote about him because he mm. used a sample. And then some people started chasing us for like sample clearance. And I realized, <laughs> oh, wow, there's a wild, there's a bigger world out there. So yeah. that was a big, that was a moment. Being booked for wireless was a moment when I thought, okay, cool, T had landed. But then really, obviously, the real, real, the feeling of, oh, we're onto something. The, you would say the real taste, the way yeah. it gets to the next level, is pass out. Mm. Like, you know, mm. that's, you can't beat that. When you feel that feeling of knowing you've got a hit, mm. Or the difference of, like when it's just stepped up a level, yeah. you've got into like fifth gear, or let's say third, fourth gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And was it like, because from my perspective, like back in those times, I was blogging, and I remember when Pass Out came out, mm. and I was like, this sounds like a hit. Mm. Did you guys have that same yeah, feeling when you were studio, making the record? Yeah, in the studio. In the studio. I remember we turned off the lights and we put the light. We turn off the lights, we like, whoa. Like, even when he just started going, yeah, yeah. And he just, because at this time, me and T was, we were making lots of music and we had recorded, me, T and Rich had recorded 12 records that were almost like crossover records to go. So we had an album. Mm. So we got signed with this record, this album. And there was a song called Biker Babes that we started because <laughs> we wanted it to be a little bit more. Yeah. You know, everyone was doing that house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we tried to come up with this Biker Babes record. And like, we shot a video for it. And the video was whack, but Master Shorty's album, we were listening to that. And me and T really liked the album. And I remember like, who produces and then I remember um, we started getting talking to Amber um, in Sony ATV. And then she was calling us at this time. 
And then I was like, who produced this album? Mm. And she was like, there's a kid called Labyrinth. And then we went to, lit. we were like, we need to lit. No, no, we, we already knew there's a boy called Labyrinth, but we were like, Labyrinth, because Steve was like, it's a guy called Labyrinth, Steve. I was like, Labyrinth, like, who's this kid? Labyrinth? <laughs> it's not, we didn't even know if it was a kid or as a man, it was, who is Labyrinth? Yeah, like, yeah. like, whoa, the music is crazy. Anyway, so when like, I met Amber, I was like, who's Labyrinth? Anyway, she linked us. We done this. We got into the session, and I think that may have been. I don't know if T and him met first, or that may be me. I think on that in that session they might have even done. They ever done pass out and frisky that day? Wow! Yeah. Or they did pass out and wonder man. Yeah. One of those two, mm. but pass out. Yeah, when they because like. A Mark, who was Mark Williams, who was um, Will Abrams's manager at the time, like his sister was in there, and Aisha, the stylist, and I remember they came in, like halfway like through the session, and then they were just like saying the lyrics in the mm. studio session after it was going on, and then we were like, "Yeah, this is a smash!" Like, yeah, it was so happy. I remember like that was probably a moment, and yeah. then from there, you just get that. You know the, it's just like probably striking a ball mm. or knowing like what a, a killer shot is, you know what I mean? You just, you know. It all clicks into gear kind of thing. Yeah, and it's a feeling and it's a sonic too. It's how, I, don't, it's, I think sometimes it's how wide dynamic, you know a hit has a feeling, it's mm. heavy, like gives you an inner. Yeah, because I, I remember like, the reason I asked you, like, what, what did you feel was the moment? Was because for me, pass out was obviously a massive moment. But I almost felt like Frisky was as big a moment because it was the follow-up record. Oh. And it was like, from the first five seconds, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like, this is really this a is thing. This is real, it's real, it's real. Like one track yeah. thing. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, Labyrinth produced that as well. So it's like... It was real. Yeah, that, that felt like a from an outside perspective yeah. that felt like a really big moment okay. as well yeah. and it's like you know for you guys what was the kind of how did you celebrate that, those like moments of success and how do you still celebrate those moments of success when you have them I think sometimes me and T are so and that's why we work together but we're so driven mm. and both of us are so driven at that time we were just almost like we have to do this again. Mm. So I think we enjoy it. We always enjoy ourselves because we're really, we're good friends and we hang around with the same people. So mm. yeah, we'll have a drink. We probably, you know, but it's always just back to, so, and sometimes I'd, I'd think for the last like six years, I think even like psycho psychologically, it's kind of probably affected both of us in different ways. In what sense? In, in terms of like probably dealing with like praise or, yeah, accepting your position or understanding what where you are mm. you know what i mean because we're so obsessed in just keeping it moving you don't really poke your head up to breathe and say wow look what we've done you know what i mean you're just like okay cool we just because like you don't want to be a one-hit wonder you don't want to fail so success it has you know it has a, it's a gift and a curse yeah. You know what I mean? The pressure of success. 
because you know you have to repeat. You don't want to fall. As they say, the bigger you are, the harder you fall, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just it. So you're just going, going, going. But we love it because we spent so many hours working and dreaming and thinking about it, you know? Mm. So you, you enjoy the moment we were enjoying, like that our lives were changing and we were living a dream, you know? But it was just so... Mm. I was learning on my feet, not really learning on my feet, but then I was looking after him like six years. So I knew what I was doing, but now you're in the big time. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's doing, gonna, he's about to do, he's doing academy tours. Before you know it, it gets to arenas. We're touring around the world. You know what I mean? Like every, every Tom, Dick and Harry's calling me. Mm. It's exactly like what you know. So you're just almost like, you're, you have to be that person who you wanted to be so you know like you have to rise to the occasion because especially me obviously me and T have got an amazing relationship but at that time you know but maybe because we're so close it wasn't really that um it wasn't a real issue but there were sharks around they're waiting yeah. for you to you know you've got more third parties just not me and him it's the label oh your manager's not got back to the emails or your manager's doing this or you know what i mean what's happening with your Todd? and, and you know so your answer you're trying to think 10 steps ahead so no one trips you up mm. so I have to respond back to every email straight away I have to be a, a, like in the meeting leading you know what I mean so it was just you just had to step up yeah yeah you know so and I remember like yeah both of us maybe we would just rose to the occasion and we both helped each other but yeah so I think sometimes we don't we haven't really it's only of late, I would probably say. Like recently, we've kind of like said, wow, okay, wow. It's really... Because there's always so much more to do. Mm. Because we're so like, it's such a... Like, it's still an early stage in our culture, like in UK urban music as an industry and just what we do. It's, we're still a couple steps behind the Americans, you know, and a few mm. years behind. So there's so much more to do. So you just... The more success you have, the more responsibility you have. Or maybe how we probably look at it, we feel like we've got more to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And what, what are the kind of setbacks and challenges that you've faced along the way, particularly maybe in those early days mm. when you were, like, like you kind of said, you knew what you were doing, but because the level was getting bigger and bigger and stepping up and up almost every day, every month, and things were moving quickly, like how did you deal with those challenges and the setbacks that you had? I just knew I would, I'd like, at the time, every hurdle was, every challenge was good because once I jumped over it, I knew I wasn't going to meet that, that challenge again or I wasn't mm. going to get, so every time something happens, you know, like um, TM crashes a car or, you know, um, your connection flight's late or, you know what I mean? You just, you learn. But these things don't didn't really happen, but these are just kind of like examples that, in a weird way, right, I was so happy to have the opportunity. None of this, it, they didn't feel like setbacks because mm. I just knew how far we'd come and I'd already gone through so much setbacks. Just, we used to go out and sometimes just get arrested. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, or you could get, like, I didn't know if I was going to, like, make any money or I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay for my bills. I didn't, so now I'm, like, paying for my bills. I'm staying in nice hotels. I'm meeting new people and I've got a position and I'm, yeah. this is not setbacks. Yeah, yeah. This is great. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> you know, like, um, 
I believe, obviously, they become high-class problems. Yeah. When you get to a position now, you realise, oh, you know, I know they don't want me to win. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was meant to fail. So mm. you work harder. So that's not a setback. People thinking that Tiny's going to drop off or that whole operation is not going to work or it's unorganised or they're inexperienced or it's a bunch of, like, boys that don't look like us and, you know, we expect, well, we didn't expect it to be so professional or them to be that polite. Mm. You know what I mean? So you just, all the setbacks, you just do exactly the opposite. So you preempt the setback or you preempt, you know, what people are going to think. Yeah. So you do the exact opposite. So I think that's always been like, it's like now you could, you look at it and be like, whoa, okay, with um, maybe, you can look at things like, you know, you could see maybe how much, if someone else does something and when you do it, how it's received mm -hmm. or how it's perceived. That's when you start realizing the setbacks. I think it takes a while for somebody of like, I'm not like, well, this is a deep one of like, when the like successful people from like BAME, like kind of like minorities to understand, like to really acknowledge setback. Because if you acknowledge setback, you, the, like, you're not going to move. Yeah. You only acknowledge setbacks when you get to a certain level and you realise, shit, I was fucking hard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a real, real. Like, so everything was amazing and all the mistakes. Because when you're on top, when you're doing well and they, there's only so much they can do, so you just have to make sure you're the best. So then at the end of the day, if you're you're doing the best, at the end of the day, everything, things, it's only lasts like 24 hours. Oh, people are going to be like, oh, you're, you fucked up or this, that. And then after what, yet tomorrow, they'll be like, okay, so what are we doing, lads? You know what I mean? So so you only have like a personal standard. Yeah. So it's almost like, shit, I let myself down. You know what I mean? But I just feel like we're always dealt, it's harder. You just have to persevere, you know? I just think I just, I've learned on my feet and I've enjoyed every situation. I just feel like now, you could say in like in the latter years, you know, maybe how things are perceived or mm. you could say like how people may treat you, you know, or people may just assume or there's a lot of assumption. Yeah. That's yeah. a different, but everything else, when you're doing things with your brothers, and you're unhappy, you're able to pay your friends. You know what I mean? You see people's lives changing. You see your brother, you, your life changing, your family's life changing. I don't think there's any setbacks. Yeah. If it's working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because it, it will, like you said before, it will kind of click. Yeah, together, yeah, yeah. You learn from every challenge and yeah. every every step that you take was going to pose a challenge and a hurdle. But if you can get over it. You yeah, know because that, it's difficult already. It's an mm. assault course. Already, if you think there's no setbacks in the music industry, you bet, or <laughs> entertainment world, you better just leave yeah. because it's a, a circle. So every you're jumping over one hurdle and one bloody, you're climbing the fence, you're gonna crawl in the mud, you're gonna until you get to the end of that circle. That's where there's no setbacks or no challenges. But every moment there's a challenge, you know. Yeah, mm. and and what what are the biggest lessons that you you've learned about yourself yeah. through this journey um 
biggest lessons I've learned about myself. Um, I would probably say, I would say don't get too emotional. Mm. Don't take it personal, you know? Just don't take it personal. That's the thing. That's the thing I've learned. Mm. It's like, because I've, you know, it's almost you have a get rich or die trying person, like, like, you know, you're just hype. We need to go. This is for like us. We need to just do it. Like, cause there's so much mouths to feed and there's so much responsibility and so many, so you're just aggressive and you just want to go, you know what I mean? So any time somebody lets you down, it hurts, mm. you know what I mean? Or any time like somebody makes a decision that may not be in the same light as yourself or what you can see is what you can see in the mirror and what another man sees in the mirror. It's two completely different images, you know? But yeah. you know, when you're like a leader or you're like trying to, you think that you're what your thoughts are and what you want to achieve or if for everybody is what everybody should want. You know what I mean? So, mm. because it's for all of us, you know what I mean? And like, I'm doing, doing it, you know, you're on a quest, you know? And so when you have people that drop off or things that you, things that happen that you may feel, I wouldn't do that. I think it's more, you can't take it personally because I think probably as I've been, as I've grown up, every time that's probably happened, it's kind of knocked a piece of me, like almost like, it did used to like take a bit of wind out of me. Yeah. But like now I've just realized in age and the thing I've lessened is just not personal. Mm. You know what I mean? And all you can do is what you're, what you really truly, your heart desire for that person and whoever and whatever, or whatever you're committing to, you do everything and you do it to the best of your ability mm. and you give the right level of focus and attention and love and care and nurture to whoever you do want to give that to because you want to do that. And if they don't receive it or they don't act in the way that you may think that they should, you can't take it personally mm. because you didn't do it for them. You know what I mean? You did You did it because you did it for yourself or you did it for the higher power. You did it just for the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how, whoever you do choose to do that. So you just, because you have to keep yourself, you know, and mm. just understand. And don't let other people's actions change your core beliefs if your core beliefs help you and are beneficial for you in life you know what i mean because you can always be like because i was gonna say i i've changed i purposely changed emotional to mm. personal yeah do you know what i mean i was like i couldn't be so emotional but no the emotion and the love is what drives me and what gives me the the the, the passion and the desire and the love for things, you know? Like, emotion is part of me. You can't take emotion out of me. Yeah. But I can be take be taking things personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I big can difference. still give you my... It's a big difference. Mm. And that's what I've learned. Yeah. I mean, it's a great bit of advice for, like, any walk of life. Yeah. Really, not just, you know, specific to what you do. And it's like, even with, I guess, things like, you know, levels of success that you guys have kind of experienced, it's like you know, from the 1% trying to sell those 10,000 records to a million people via MySpace or, you know, number one singles, number one albums, world tours, you know, international events, whatever it may be. It's like over that time or over this period of time, has your view on what you would define success changed? Oh, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's success is relative. You know what I mean? How successful I want to be and how successful you want to be 
can be two different things. And success and happiness are two different things too. Because people can always feel, does success make you happy? That's, these are two different things that you learn. Mm. But, and again, it's what is the perception of success changes mm. too, or the measure of success. So, yeah, you know, the measures of success, because there's titles, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, before, if you're an athlete, and to win gold medals is a thing that defines you being successful. You you become the most celebrated athlete. You have all the awards in the world. You have all the medals. So you're deemed, you're successful. But is the uh, is the athlete that become an athlete and then went to the Olympics, is he not successful too? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then the the athlete that went to the Olympics and the athlete that went to the, got the medals, who's happy and who's sad? Mm. so success is relative you know what I mean so everyone had, just has to be honest to themselves and you, it, it, success comes from within mm -hmm. you know what I mean and whatever you your heart desires on what you deem as successful that's successful mm. you know what I mean but then yes in the world the, where in which some things are measured we, a credit is measured on success you know what I mean or success gives you money sometimes mm. you know what I mean or you know so yeah in the earthly world or you know the real world then if that's your challenge and you want to be you have to understand okay cool if I want to be the most successful I want to have I want to sell the most records if that's what you want to do then that's a portion of life Mm. That's just a target. That's a bucket list. Okay, you ticked after this. I was the most successful. Just like in selling the most records that week, that year. Yeah. You're in history, okay? That success is not going to mean you're going to be happy for the rest of your life. That's an achievement and it's legacy, mm -hmm. you could say. It stands in history. So you have to know what you're, the what race you're you're in. You know what I mean? It's like... If you want to be in that race, you want to be the best, and to win that race means you'll be the best, and it for the world to know you're the best, then 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 do that. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, at the time, was it about having like number ones, a load of number ones? No, it was about just making impact and just changing culture or shifting perception. And yeah. if that, if the measure of that was having number ones that made people believe that we shift culture. But again, that's arguable. Some people can say if you've been the most celebrated artist in the world in, in the like in a decade, you did shift culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially from an underground space, yeah. you've really shifted culture. Yeah. But said but then some people might say that we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's really like, you know, but then obviously, but in our in our hearts, we know what we've done and we know what it's done for everyone else. So it's not from what someone else tells you, it's for what you know. Mm. And then whatever people know in their heart of hearts, because everyone knows what impact or what's, how, you know, you know what I'm looking at you and I'm saying, you're a young, successful man with a great podcast. You know what I mean? Thank I you. sat down with you <laughs> and I said to myself, you know what, that's great. You made a decision and you've done it and now you're doing what you love. You're successful. Mm. You know what I mean? Be it if 
Joe Bloggs down the road doesn't think you're not, you're not successful, yeah. but I do, and you know you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It depends. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So the perception of success is, as I said, it's like it's just relative, and it just more now. This is just about having impact and just changing perception. I think there's a bigger thing, like. Stormzy's success is polarizing mm. and it changes culture. Yeah. Sometimes when you're an anomaly and you do something so great, the success in what you've achieved is bigger than your success. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's legacy. More, I want to have legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then if success is just pop, like if success comes with that then I'm successful but I'm more about trying to build a legacy and build and set an example and just let people know that this is how where you can take it yeah I think I mean? you guys have done that you know through your work it's been like I said at the beginning inspiring to see and I think a lot of people will will see that as a form of success and take away the the material success mm. it's like the legacy side yeah. of it as well is like a huge part of that, a like massive part of that, if not bigger, you know, which is, you know, it's amazing to see. Genuinely, yeah. like, this is like, that's, for me, that's like a wicked, like, not ending point, but like, ending on like a high on a, on a conversation like that, for me, is always really inspiring for mm. the listeners. And it's like, to hear what you're saying about success, what you're saying before that about happiness and all those things, it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's the point of this podcast, essentially, you mm. know, is to show people that, success isn't determined by what you do how much money you earn by what car you drive you know by those material things the success is an internal thing for you in terms of like are you happy in what you do if you're happy in what you do and you can say that you love it that's success whether that's on a small scale or a large scale like what you guys are doing that's the success not the rest of it you know? exactly bro like and you realize things become you, the simple things. Everybody has like desires. Everyone has a bucket list. Yeah, right? of course. So once you tick off your bucket list, because these are experiences and desires that everybody wants to achieve or experience or taste or feel, you know what I mean? And these things don't equal success or happiness mm. but everyone needs to feed their indulgence everybody yeah. has to indulge you it's have like to goals indulge. to work towards yeah of course yeah. yeah it gives you it gives you everyone needs targets because if you don't have target you don't have you know that's why they say it's deep bro like sometimes that's why they say like okay in a communist like world for instance where everyone's equal and there's no like real you can you can't get any further than this point right mm. people say that that's a dull existence yeah but some some other people will feel that that is equal so everyone just is on one level yeah. but what do you have to but then then to a certain level in this world but that's where people try see if you are communist and you can live you're if you're happy in that space you've almost lived you are living a monk like existence yeah but even from Adam and Eve, like, we've always been driven by desire. Mm. Humans are driven by desire. You know what I mean? So if you remove desire from humans, yes, it's a peaceful place, but is that really realistic that everyone's going to... You may have adult, everyone will start feeling depressed. Yeah. Or 
you know, but everyone wants to get into that place. But the most of the people that become, do get to the monk-like existence, they've indulged, majority of the time, have indulged all of their desires. Yeah. And they got to a point of having everything. And then they've realized that everything that they've fought in their bucket list, they've decided to be that this, it doesn't mean. But they've at least, they the drive, that, that, that the, for them getting to the top, the desires were the things that got them to the top to realise that they needed to be a monk. Yeah. There's not that many people that wake up and say, I want to be a monk. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But there will be some, but you know what I mean? So my thing is, is like, you need those things. You need drive. You need things to make you want to do things. You need mm. stuff to make you get up in the morning. You know yeah. what I mean? Or makes you want to do stuff. But then obviously, when you get those things, as I said, it doesn't mean that you're, it's going to give you happiness. Yeah. Or what about yourself? How have you felt? Do you, are you, are you happy? Yeah, generally, yeah. I think like, you know, people who have been listening in the last few episodes or so will know that I've had a very up and down kind of few months. But I mean, on the whole, like my happiness is way higher than what it used to be. And that was, again, part of the reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted to go on the journey of discovering my own happiness and I felt like a space that I could create that I was not only learning from and was part of my journey but other people could learn from would create that within me you know and it's about all the stuff that I've done around it and learning and developing myself and working on things that I'm passionate about rather than just going to work to earn money to then try and get another job to earn more money to then buy a new car to then you know buy a new flat or whatever like those things didn't equal happiness like that chasing of materialistic things didn't equal happiness for me even though that's kind of what we're told does equal happiness you know through like this structure of society so I kind of had to then approach it my own way and that was a very internal personal journey and that that has set me on a path of realizing that happiness is the journey it's not the destination you don't get to a place like you said and tick all those things off your list you're like okay now I'm happy I can live a happy life the happiness is in the journey in creating those things in ticking those things off your list on that's why like sometimes sorry to no, no, it's cool. yeah but see like when you say to me it was there any hurdles yeah. i couldn't tell you maybe if you met to me six years ago yeah in the time yeah and i said oh i mean what were the setbacks i may say to you Oh, this is happening, this is happening, not doing this, not doing that. But like now, exactly what you said, I'm kind of like teaching myself and learning and I've learned that I'm enjoying the highs and the lows. Mm. So the setbacks, I enjoy them. And that's what you're saying. See how you're saying it's about happiness is, is a journey. It's not a destination. It's enjoying every part of life. You know what I mean? to a point where everything that is dealt you ha dealt with to you, you have to enjoy it because it's there for a reason. You mm. know, it's happening for a reason. So I've I kinda like maybe I'm in this kind of like space now. I'm just like, no, so, so I couldn't tell you this is where I've almost like got myself in that I'm that that's how I see things. Yeah. I'm just like, it's all unless it's like deep trauma. Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? You can't deny that but yeah. as far as I wake up and I breathe my kids are healthy my family's healthy 
my mum and dad are healthy, my wife's healthy, and all my family and friends, you know, the loved ones, I'm like, I can still keep going. I'm going to be happy. I'm happy. Mm. I'm mm. happy to be alive. Mm. You know what I mean? So, as far as you're alive, you can always fight another day. Mm. You know what I mean? I always say that, like, that's how, that's why I'm going to say a prayer. When I try my best, I wake up, say a prayer, keep it moving. Let's keep, like, thank God for waking up. Because some people don't wake up. Yeah, it's true. I've had many friends that have gone to sleep and don't wake up. You know what I mean? And they didn't know. And it's, so what then has got you to this realisation of happiness in a way? In terms Death. <laughs> Loss. Yeah. To be honest with you. And seeing other people's misfortune and just understanding that it's not that easy. It's not... You have to appreciate life. Mm. You know what I mean? It could all, it could always be worse, you know, like. And I think I've generally always been like that, but the more things that you see in life, it makes you appreciate it more, you know? So I think you just have to, to be like, what? Okay. And I would love to do more, to be honest with you, that sometimes of being like, you always think that you're doing you know, like, oh, I send back trainers to Nigeria, I give money to my family, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. But fundamentally, I would love to do more. Do you know what I mean? Give back more and change more, like, um, real under, like, people that have no opportunity, like, real change, have more impact. And in my, hopefully, if I'm blessed with more years on this earth and I can keep on mm. going, I want to do that, definitely. But, like, that's really it. Like, happiness, you just... Look, it was a lovely day today. Look, we're hot, it's amazing. <laughs> do you know how many people, like, haven't seen this day? Yeah. Or today might be their last. Mm. So you yeah. just have to thank God or the higher power, whoever, that you're just here and just keep it moving because yeah, some of us believe that we go to somewhere else, some of us think we reincarnated, some of us think that this is the end. Mm. So you should just enjoy it whilst you have it, right? For sure, for sure. And I feel like it's that appreciation of every moment, which is, you know, comes back to that idea of happiness. It's like when you can be appreciative of every moment, no matter the, the situation, no matter how tough or bad or even how good or exciting it is, so if you can have that full appreciation of that moment, that's where you're going to find the happiness because you, you you almost let everything else fall away, like the worry, the guilt, the the fear, the, you know, whatever it may be, it all falls away and you can just fully be there and like, actually, this is a beautiful moment. Like even, you know, there's sometimes where, when was it, on um, Friday night, mm. I was cycled home from, from Anton's house and it was chucking it down with rain. And I was like, this is beautiful. beautiful exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm really enjoying I, it. I, I, when was the last time I was in the rain like this? It's like probably yeah. made you, because it was hot and it's probably come down like probably like, yeah. you know, like loads of it. You know, but how long, when was the last time you really got drenched like that? Yeah. Like, it's true, just enjoy the moment. Yeah. It's good, bro. Like, that's, I'm taking, but I'm a warrior too. So I, every, you know, not a warrior, or you could say you sometimes maybe, take on a bit too, like, people's problems or, you know, you think a lot. And I think, having deep thought, I think anyone that's 
always thinking about things or you're trying to change or you're trying to make things. You always, I think you have to mm. be a deep thinker. That's one thing you can't stop doing anyway, I think, or worrying. Yeah. But, yeah, just exactly what you said. Let's really, like, enjoy it. That's what you just, that's a great thing. Yeah. And have you found that made you, like, more peaceful? Yeah, totally, think, totally. Do you think that's happened with age, though? Possibly. And I think I think you do get to a point where, as you said, if we spoke to you six years ago, yeah. you get to a point where you realise all of that stuff that you thought was setbacks and challenges, A, you've learned from and grown from, but B, really didn't matter six years down the line. So when you almost have that reflective point of view on things, and it's really hard to do it mm. like now. Yeah. It's really hard because when you're in, in those moments, they are tough. Yeah. But when you do start to see that bigger picture... And again, it comes through experience and age. Yeah. You know, you, you, you start to understand, actually, none of this really matters that much at all. As long as I can say to myself at the end of the day, I'm happy. I did my best today. I was best as I could be. I'm a good person. I shared some love or whatever. Then that's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? As I say, you know, like some say, you can't kill yourself. Like, you yeah. can't kill, like, what are they going to kill you? Like, what are yeah. you going to do? You just you have to love yourself, man. Like, love yourself. But as you said, like, that's why it's good to do these podcasts because even if there's a little, there's a kid or teenagers or whoever is listening to this and they may not have the same understanding or they may not have the same beliefs or they can't probably see where we're looking at life, like, as like, a 36-year-old or 32-year-old, at least they will know that they're going to get to that place where they will get to this thought and they will mm. understand that all of these things that they're going through and all of these hurdles and all of these heartbreaks and all of this anxiety and the, 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 the sometimes the anxiety and the, the, the depression that the anxiety gives that hopefully I just always want people to understand that everything will pass mm. in time. Have faith in time. You know, I always say like time heals, but you just have to be patient and trust in time. And I've learned that through lots of things, you know. You need to get the example from Nelson Mandela. Mm. Yeah. Simply like some people 40 years of your life, you think you would be dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. 42 years, was it Nelson Mandela? 42, I think. It was yeah. 42. I think. I think, I do. this is a shame on me, yeah. but hopefully I'm... Excuse me, guys, if I'm wrong, but but when you see that and you see that someone can still have such a major impact in life and even after and have such a long life and still have a great impact in life, you yeah. know, so life's long if you're healthy and fortunate. But even then, a year passes, a year changes, like two months can change, a month can change, you know, things like a couple hours can change yeah. things. You know what I mean? But I think there's a, because of how information is being fed to us and people are so accessible to bad things and good things. So I just thought that there's just a level of mad anxiety that's going mm. around, you know? And sometimes I just would like to just say to anyone that who's going through that time heals, just understand. Mm. And I've even sometimes, I've even tried to, I'm becoming a bit, having a little bit more empathy for that space. Cause I feel like I've probably dealt with a few people in my years and because of my intensity and what I kind of like, you know, how much you want to do things or 
you kind of have a, not had the empathy but understood yeah really the the real issues that some people may have with anxiety you know what i mean because i was like like why you know what i mean you may have mm. that question like but you understand like now you know what i mean it's like hard but everyone just so try to just take a few breaths Mm. You know what I mean? Breathing is key. It's not that serious. It's like, but it can get serious if you, you know, stay yeah. in your head, stay dead, you know? Yeah. You have to communicate and talk, yeah. try or release. Yeah. Or sure. listen, you know? But there's always time heals. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, this has been a beautiful conversation. No problem. This has been amazing. Um, Thanks for having me. Bro. No, thank you for joining me, man. And I've just got like a couple quick questions to oh, end yes. on. So I've you tried to be quick too. Yeah, no, no, you don't have to. But usually, I there's the usual question I ask is if we could go back in time and speak to a younger version of yourself. Mm. But I'm not going to ask that. I'm going to ask because you've got two young kids and mm. a third on the way very soon. Mm. What advice probably isn't the right word. What principles for like three principles would you want them to grow up? with an understanding concentration is key i mean that the, the skill of concentration or understanding how to concentrate and when i say concentrate it's about starting something and committing to it and finishing mm. and e even if after you finish you fail or when you finish you understand the level i think that's a skill that everybody should know like just no, understanding how to concentrate I definitely say that because once you understand that that process it you can it lends itself to everything you know what I mean yeah discipline this gives you that um, that's one principle secondly just love thy neighbour just love everybody and thirdly, to be honest, if you don't compromise who you are, mm. don't ever feel like the person you are, you're, you can't fit in the room or you're, you don't belong there or you can't add anything or you can't contribute anything to that room or that discussion or anything. I just feel like you, everybody can learn from everyone, you know? Yeah, for so sure. Just, that's it, concentration, love, and don't ever feel that you don't fit in and don't yeah. compromise who you are to yeah. fit in you know yeah. be you and be confident yeah like everyone's got their own value exactly. in their own way and it's like yeah. harnessing that for yourself yeah. kind of thing right? and that, that's 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 really the three things I'll probably yeah. tell yeah nice and then final question is um, obviously dreamers disease is the name of the podcast but to you what does the dreamers disease mean well Dream is disease. I, I suffer from it. <laughs> <laughs> Simply, I think I'd be the nose as a having severe dream is disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like as I say, it's exactly like what I say. I'm, I'm like an I'm insanely optimistic, and that's a dreamer. Mm. You're always just thinking about where you can be or where you should be aware just being in a bubble it's good to be in a bubble and it's good to dream it's good to have i think that dreamers disease is just 
a space that everybody or thing that everybody has and if they do have it they should be proud of having it and you should always dream and you should have desires and you should always want to be in a fantasy or believe that you can do things or achieve things that maybe no one else can do or you want to be or you see yourself in a position that no one else can see you you mm. know everyone needs to have a bit of fantasy mm-hmm. and enjoy that process and work it out as you go on you know but especially dreaming is, is key and I would love to always be a dreamer yeah. sometimes when you don't dream you just feel like but dreaming is not always about sleeping and dreaming you're awake dreaming too you know so live a dream mm. but not really living a dream doesn't mean that you're living that dream you should live in a dream-like state. Yeah. Dreamy state. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Wow, this um, studio's melted my glasses. <laughs> Compensation. <laughs> Compensation, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the time and, you know, bringing your warm energy. And I don't mean that because it's hot. I mean, general, <laughs> like, yeah, warm energy um, and, and loads of amazing wisdom there, man. Like, beautiful wisdom as well that I, I know people get a lot of value from. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, bro. Thank you, know, you for having me. Yeah. Thank you, dreamers disease podcast listeners i hope i gave you some more things to dream about but thank you alex for having me and before we do sign out can you let people know where they can keep up to date with you online or how they can find out more about what you do well you can follow me it's just dummy oberota at dummy oberota on instagram uh um, company's instagram is at disturbing london disturbing London and then yeah you can just follow everything on there or you go to www.disturbinglondon.com cool that's how you find me awesome man thank Thank you you. so there we have it guys that was Dummy's story and as I said at the very end there I just love this warm energy he's just got such a nice calm persona and a very big interest in people and the kind of connections that people make and you know he, he's very much grounded in in the roots that he's been brought up in essentially in terms of like being a nice person and carrying that through in his work and it's really worked for him and it's amazing to see that someone who's so humble and so grounded has gone on to do such amazing things and make such an impact in the, in the music industry and beyond so I really hope that was a powerful episode for you I hope you took something from it if you have a friend that you feel will benefit from listening to this episode then make sure you share it with them let's share the message let's share the love send them the link send them a screenshot whatever it may be and also make sure you take a screenshot of you listening to this tag me and dummy post it to your instagram story so you can connect with you there and i will see you for the next episode until then go out there and make sure you chase your dreams this podcast is produced by unedited